I have a message today, it's uh, all about wisdom, so, um, you know, the Bible says God uses the foolish things of this world, so here I am. <laughs> in, uh, in, in Isaiah 5, uh, verse 21, it says, Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes, and clever in their own sight. And uh, stern warning. There are, there are a few stern things in the message today, but it's not all stern. You know, it's there's a lot of encouragement as well. I hope. Thanks. We always need encouragement. Yeah. Um, but I want to talk about wisdom and where it can be found. Uh, the first passage I want to read is in one Corinthians and verse one. Uh, sorry, chapter one and then in verse twenty. And um, it reads. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand miraculous miraculous signs and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, for the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. So, um, what I want to talk about, is as a deacon and a shepherd, um, you tend to get asked lots of advice um, about all kinds of issues and problems and you know we're not I will say this a number of times we aren't the fountain of all knowledge believe me um, if you're out there I won't be sharing any personal information except about mine so I'll, I will be sharing my personal information but I'm allowed to do that but anybody else who confided in me you're safe you can relax say oh no he's not going to talk about no I'm not but um, what we're going to do though we're going to dip into the book of Proverbs it's one of my favourite books yeah. written by Solomon, son of David and he was considered to be the wisest man on earth but again he wasn't without, he wasn't without his flaws he was a very wise man but he, made, he also did some foolish things I think that's why God, God said you know, the, uh, the wisest of men is still foolishness compared to him but we'll turn to Proverbs and we'll go right to the beginning of Proverbs which is in Proverbs uh, Chapter 1, verse 1. And it says, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young, let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. For those of us who love God, you know, the Bible talks a lot about a fear and trembling. I think for those of us that love God, we understand who God really is. You know, the creator of all things. You know, he can 
do anything. And we have, hopefully, a very healthy respect for God. You know, you hear lots of people, you know, they will take God's name, they will say the most crazy things, but those of us who know God and love God, we wouldn't do those things. But he talks about fools despising wisdom and despising instruction. I can't really impress on, on, on as, a, as, a, as a group how important it is to get wisdom, to become wiser. It can save us so much pain and anguish. An unbelievable amount. I wish that I'd known the Bible when I was younger. Um, I, I, you know, I, I wish I had someone uh, who could have shown me where I was going wrong. The truth is, most of the people that I hung out with in, in my teen years and, and, uh, and in my twenties, they were just as foolish and stupid as me. Some of them more. Um, but I would follow their lead. You know, we were involved in drunkenness and smoking, drugs, immorality, lying, cheating. The list goes off. It's a bit like Star Wars, you know, at the beginning. It's about, it's about that long. It goes on forever of, of the mess that I made and got involved in in my life. I was fortunate I didn't get involved in serious drug taking. I really, that's about the one thing I'm grateful for because I do have an addictive personality. I would have been a, a disaster. If I'd have taken heroin once, I probably would be dead now. I mean, I was bad enough with the other, the other issues, with the smoking and what have you. But I just wanted to clear that up in case any of you thought that I was born a disciple because I know, <laughs> looking at me now, you must be thinking, no, Roger, no, he would never, never do anything like that. But flip forward to Proverbs 4. Yeah, come on, Roger. Proverbs 4, beginning in verse 1. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. When I was a boy in my father's house, still tender and only a child of my, uh, my mother, he taught me and said, lay hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or swear from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. Wisdom is supreme. Therefore get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. Esteem her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will set a garland of grace on your head and present you with a crown of splendor. Listen, my son, accept what I say and the years of your life will be many. What great words from a father. You know, it's... The father's instruction, it's, it's, it's so important for children. My father's instruction, unfortunately, was complete opposite to everything that was in here. My father's instruction was he encouraged foolishness. He encouraged unfaithfulness in, in a marriage. You know, and ultimately I paid a price for that. You know what, my first marriage failed. And those same issues were creeping into my marriage to Sybil. You know, one or two, as I've said before, knew us when we first came to the church. Boy, we had a host of problems. I may share some of them later today. But it was, it, but we were re recreating all those problems 
from getting bad advice, thinking, oh, it's okay to be adult, it's okay to cheat, it's okay to lie, it's okay, it's okay. All those things over the years that my foolish friends and even my foolish father had said, oh no, this is fine, this is fine. Yet the Bible says, no, get wisdom, do the right thing. And what it did for me was that, you know, and for Sybil as well, we had a lack of trust with each other, a lack of honesty with each other, a lack of commitment with each other. Because I thought, oh, she'll cheat on me one day and go off. She thought he'll cheat on me one day and go off. So there wasn't that real bond that, you know, we're together forever. There was, so there was selfishness and no honesty within the relationship. And we brought all that in. And some of you out there sat down with us and helped us through a lot of those struggles, which I'm really grateful for. So as I said, I'm not the fountain of knowledge. I've had some experiences which have taught me some lessons. I would rather that some of you out there didn't go through some of the lessons that I had to dial it the hard way. But it's this. It's the Bible. This is where the real wisdom is. And it's it's at our fingertips. All we've got to do is decide to embrace it and put it into practice. Easier said than done. And I think, you know, even, you know, I thought the communion today was exceptional. Really, you know, uh, just, you know, being vulnerable is not always easy. But that's really, I think, when we are at our strongest, when we are at our most honest and open. You know, we're none of us are perfect. You know, we're all sinners. But in Proverbs, 10.8 he says the wise in heart accept commands but a chattering fool comes to ruin boy it's honest this book you know it's well worth a read but I used to get challenged on my character and instantly become a chattering fool some say I still do it now those of you that aren't as spiritual as me but, but I'll do anything to deflect you know as soon as the challenge came to me, make a joke, do this, dodge, dive, duck and weave. You know, I, I must have been a nightmare. Uh, and I would generally try and direct the attention back to Sybil. Sybil's the one. She's the wicked one. I'm, I'm lovely. Don't challenge me. Luckily, they were smart enough not to let, let me off the hook. And I would have to deal with my character issues because just like he said in Isaiah I was very wise in my own eyes and that's always a dangerous thing in Proverbs 3.7 he says do not be wise in your own eyes fear the Lord and shun evil and again I think that was an important thing for me reading that and having again that healthy respect for God and turning away from things that were going to damage me and damage, you know, my marriage and my life and my relationship with my kids and the relationship with my friends. You know, don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't look at yourself thinking, oh, I'm so clever, I'm so smart. Proverbs 10.14. I'm sorry there's a lot of verses today. But uh, if you want the notes, uh, they're £5 each. <laughs> Just apply online or in writing and I'll make sure that you get them. Special contribution. <laughs> so you can all feel good. But in, no, in, in, no but sure, sure, I'm more than happy to. Uh, I'm no good at with technology. Don't ask me how to get them online. But anyway, uh, I'm, I'm sure you'll be able to hear it anyway. Proverbs 10.14. The wise store of knowledge, but the mouth of a fool invites ruin. I'm doing it all. I'm doing it again. I'm repeating the past. I'm inviting ruin. 
Um, but the thing is, do you learn from your mistakes? You know, I've seen too many disciples just repeating the same mistakes over and over again and expecting a different outcome. You know, we have to learn to change. You know, there was a, um, a brother and he, he, this is going, this is going back a number of, a lot of years and he'd got involved with, with a woman who wasn't a member of the church, wasn't a Christian, was a, a very worldly woman. And I met her. You know, he was, he was very enthused. Oh, you must come and meet her. You know, I want to bring her to church and this. And I, I knew already he'd got it in his head. This was going to be the future for him. And I met her. And she was, she was very, very attractive and very smart, but incredibly worldly. And I said, you know, you ne- we need to do this a different way. You know, she needs to come to church for the right reasons, not to get you, but to get God, and to become a real disciple, and then do things the proper way, but he had it in his head, no, no, I can, I can change her, I can do this, I can do that, and, and, I, and I, I sat him down, and I said, this is going to be a disaster, I said, really, in my heart, that's what I feel, I'm just being honest with you, I said, I may be wrong, I may be wrong, but I've seen this kind of thing before. I really think it's going to be a disaster. There's an express train coming down the tracks with flashing lights on the front, going danger, 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 get off the track, and you're running up the track towards this express train. I says, do you see what I'm saying? Yes, but, 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 but. And you know what? And it went, it went far worse than I ever could have imagined. Far worse. It was a total disaster. Within, he left the church, moved in with her. Within a month, he'd moved out. It was disastrous. And he never really came back to the church uh, as previously. He came, dipped in and out. It was, it was a dreadful situation. But it wasn't his first time getting involved in this kind of thing. And he just, just repeating these patterns. You know, when, when God keeps saying to you, you're a fool, you should listen. <laughs> yes, I, I, I'm doing foolish things. What does that make me? You know, so it's, you have to understand that when you read the book of Proverbs, you think, oh, that applies to me. It's just God trying to help us to change. You know, he's just saying, go down this path, and it can be very dangerous for you and, and, and very difficult. Proverbs 11, verse 2. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. In the early days of myself and Sybil becoming uh, disciples, some of you may have heard this story, but I'll say it again for those that haven't. We'd been around maybe, uh, we'd been maybe 18 months or so, two years, something like that. This is in the early 90s. Those of you who were born then. But um, I was like 38, 39. We, we, we were one of the few married couples in the church. The church only had about a half a dozen couples. And we were one of them. We'd been married previously. You could say we'd been around the block a few times. We'd had some of these life's experiences. And we used to get people sort of funneled towards us who had an interest in coming to church, studying the Bible. And sometimes it was some dysfunctional couples. And, you know, and from, I'll put my hand up, I think we started to believe our own publicity. 
that we were the ones who could fix all the marriages. We were the ones that we, we, we were great, were wise, were this, that, the other. And like most, you know, I can succumb to flattery. People keep saying, oh, you're doing a great job. You you start to believe it, you know. I think somewhere in the Bible it says, you know, when everyone tells you how great you are, that's the time to start worrying. I've sort of paraphrased it. I've paraphrased it, but that's the kind of thing I want to talk about. But anyway, we got a phone call. I can't remember. It might have been Georgia or it might have been Mover. I'm not sure, but this is going back a few years. Um, And they said, oh... Just to let you know, there's a couple coming round your house this evening. We lived in Rotten Park Road then, in uh, in Birmingham. And uh, this couple are coming round tonight and they want to talk to you about your marriage and your conversion and how you how becoming disciples really helped you in your marriage. So me and Sybil, oh wow, right, the couple coming, okay. It's seven o'clock, so you know, we're talking about what we're going to do and what we're going to share. And this couple, so we're waiting, waiting, waiting. Anyway, seven o'clock, knock on the door. Go to the door, there's a young couple, probably in their late 20s. Bring them in, sit them down. Would you like a cup of tea, coffee, da da da, bring the biscuits, sit down. So we say, okay, we said, well, I'm Roger, this is Sybil. You know, and we started telling them the tale of how we'd um, first, uh, how we'd met, and then we came to church, how that we'd studied the Bible, how I understood, you know, where I was, what a sinner I was, how that my sin had put Jesus on the cross, sat there, like, just taking it all in. We didn't ask any questions. We just kept telling them the tale, and there were very little response so anyway, then we go in, we said, we'll just go and make another drink. We're in the kitchen. I said, Sybil, what's going, what's wrong? These people, they just sat there, not saying a word. I said, they're, they're not open, they're not open. They, they you know, what, who, who sent them? You know, what, we need to get deeper. Let's go and we'll really lay it out now. So we went in and, and anyway, we'd we, we sit down again and I'd start telling them deepest sins. And they sat there going, mm, oh. You know, pulling all these faces. It was then. You know, like a penny falling through treacle. And I looked and I said, Are you here to study the Bible? And and he looked at me, I said, and I remembered. I said, You're the couple who are coming round to give us a quote for the new bathroom. <laughs> Anyway, he said, yes, yes, <laughs> yes we are. I said, you, 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 you. I said, I said, I looked at Sybil's looking at me like, shut. I said, I, was like, I said, you must think we're insane. He went, no, no, no. Um, can we look at the bathroom now? <laughs> Anyway, they were upstairs and out the door in about three minutes. I never saw a quote. They never got in touch with us ever again. So, we were zealous. We were really doing our best. Completely got the wrong end of the stick. I mean, they went out the door and I went, Sybil, what, what were you doing? What were you thinking? <laughs> anyway, we, 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 we laughed about it eventually. <laughs> you know, I said, 
they'll never go to church as long as they live. They must have thought that they walked straight into the middle of a cult. You know, that we were going to kidnap them or something. And anyway, uh, as time went on. But, but it says, um, in Proverbs 13, where there is strife, there is pride, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. I wish they'd taken a bit more advice about this couple. Maybe got their names at least. And, you know, just done a little bit of research and been a, a, a bit more thorough, you know. But how many, how many times have, have I let pride in get in the way of, of, of thinking clearly? It's very hard to be wise when you're proud. Yeah. It really is. You know, when Bible's clear, it says God opposes the proud. Who wants to be in opposition to God? Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't want to be opposing him. I mean, do you, if you've got unresolved issues with people, but your proud's not allowing you to do it. I think, again, Carol's testimony in the, in the communion, I thought about dealing with a, you know, a, a, a close family situation, you know, we, we choose our friends, we don't all choose our families you know, we, and, and there are sometimes there are battles and conflict within family, but I think that, you know, having the humility to say, you know, I've forgiven I haven't forgotten yet, but we're working on it, you know, I think that's a powerful thing, but when you get proud and go, well it's all their fault it's them, they're the problem, not me you're never going to get anywhere in resolving problems you know, I think, if you always uh, think, why can't they be more humble? Many times I've thought that. If they were more humble, the world would be a better place. Instead of just reversing it a little bit and thinking, well, maybe if I was a bit more humble. Because as it says, with humility comes wisdom. To be wise and to be disciplined, you have to put some effort in. We have to be, uh, accept change and stop repeating those mistakes of the past. I hope I've got a bit wiser as I've got older. And we have to be prepared to accept discipline. Proverbs 12.1 Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. Again, don't, God doesn't pull his punches. I never liked discipline. I never liked being corrected. I, I, my attitude was, well who are you to tell me? That was my attitude. I might not always have said it, but I definitely thought it on more than one occasion. Proverbs 12.18 It says, The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. I was lucky when I became a disciple. I had wise men helping me. But the great thing about them was, it wasn't worldly wisdom, it came from the Bible. And it wasn't their opinions it was always scripturally based when I got challenged it was always via the Bible they would say read this what does that say and it was always pointing out my shortcomings it was never them because they had their own shortcomings to deal with but they would point to the scriptures and allow the Bible to discipline me I need to do that more again sometimes I'm way far too opinionated you might think that while you're listening to me today. But I think I am. You know, it's more what does the Bible say, not what do I think or what's my opinion. The good news about the Bible, when you put it into practice, it does work. It brought healing to me and Sybil. I mean, I've never felt more content. Um, she's not here, she's in Kingdom Kids today, so I can really say anything I like. <laughs> but I'm sure it'll get back to her. Just because I promised not to share your information, it doesn't mean you won't share mine. But no, I can honestly say that I've, I've never felt more content or at peace 
than I do now within my marriage. Um, I don't think we've ever been happier in our marriage. Um, I think the, the biggest change for us is that we've really become best friends. Uh, more so in the in these last few years, which is great as we're looking at retirement at some point, and she's going to be stuck with me 24-7, so good job we're going to be friends. Otherwise, you know, she might be in court for murder. So, But, um, but it's only because we've developed a bit of wisdom, I think, over the years. But it is the Bible that, that guides our marriage and helps, you know, with godly advice from friends, who we, who we still have here in the church, and with a lot of prayer. That definitely helps. And we try and pray together as regularly as we can. And that really does help us out. In Proverbs 13.20, it says, Walk with the wise and become wise. Again, I just want to say, be careful who you go to for advice. Don't go to someone who doesn't have Christian standards, doesn't know God, and doesn't know the Bible. If you go to people like that, you might as well flip a coin and hope for the best. Now, seek out wise people. There are plenty of wise people. We've got them, we've got them here who really do try and put the Bible into practice. If they're not here, we've got churches in Manchester, we've got churches in London. There's, there's lots of reading material. And again, a lot of wisdom, uh, can be got out of them. You know, when he says walk with the wise and become wise, the opposite applies. Walk with the foolish, you can fill in the blank. You know, and I think many of us at different times have walked with foolish people. And then in Proverbs 27 6, again talking about advice, it says, Wounds or blows from a friend can be trusted. People who care about you will tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. I always want to be told what I want to hear, because that's natural. That's our human nature. You know, people bigging you up or telling you you're wonderful or telling you you're, you're handsome or you're beautiful or you're this or you're that or you're smart. Oh, thank you, thank you. You know, someone say, someone says, oh, by the way, you're very selfish. Oh, <laughs> do, do I really want to hear that? Well, if I need to hear it, it's important that I do because it will affect how I treat other people. Yeah. I mean, I've had decide. I mean. They've been upset with me. People have spoken because I've, I've tried to be as gentle as I can. When you're pointing out their thoughts, the, the person I was telling you about in the relationship, believe me, we had some very heated conversations. But it was funny because afterwards you said, Oh, you know, what you said about being a disaster, it all came true. You were right. I said, Well, I, I don't take any pleasure from being right. But I wish you'd listened before. It, it didn't stop him getting in more tangles later down. He didn't. He never learnt the lesson. You know, you'd think that it would have done so. You know, I've, I've, I've done that. I've, I've had some dreadful people in my pre-Christian life advising me what to do. I remember even in my first marriage, when my first marriage was going up, going on the rocks. It wasn't quite there yet, but the, you know, the ship was heading towards the, the rocks. And I remember, and I spoke to um, uh, my mother at the time, and I said, it's, things aren't working out, things aren't going well. And she said, well, maybe it'd be best if you split up. No, maybe it'd be best if you got some help, or got people involved. Because I know if we had a married couple in the church who said, we're really going through some struggles, and, you know, we'd say, this is resolvable, this can be fixed. 
and it can. There's no marriage relationship or disciple relationship that can't be fixed if you put the Bible into practice. Everything can be fixed. Trust me. I've seen people do it and it's worked. And, And every time they do it, it works every time. It's amazing. The reluctance to do it is amazing also. <laughs> but, that it, but it does work. You know, it, it, whether it's within the marriage or even it's just friendships. Do it the way the Bible says. Be humble. Be forgiving. Be this. It works. It has incredible power. So what I'm saying, don't go to the world to get your answer. I'm not talking about your accountant and your doctor and your dentist. Okay? <laughs> If your doctor says that leg needs to come off, it needs to come off, okay? Don't say, well, but Roger said. He said, so I'm, I'm going to talk to him. He'll know what's best about this gangrene. No. I'm talking about issues of the heart. Spiritual issues. Not whether you need, you know, a, a, a root canal. Not whether you need to put your enormous wealth in a tax haven. I'm talking about as disciples we're almost at the end but I just want to say wisdom such a such a gift that God can give us but not our wisdom, God's wisdom and going back to the original passage in 1 Corinthians 1 20 to 25 it says God has made foolish the wisdom of the world he will frustrate the intelligent there are many people who go on TV and tell you there's no God, there's no this, there's no that. Stephen Dawkins has made a career out of it. You know? One day, you'll know the truth, the way we all will. He says, where is the philosopher? Lots of people. They'll sit in a bar stool in a pub and they'll solve every problem in the world. Yet they don't know how to solve the problem, how to get off the bar stool. You know, we preach Christ crucified to some a stumbling block to some foolishness Christ is the power and the wisdom of God the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisest and the weakness of God is stronger than the strongest don't look to this world for wisdom don't look to the people you work with or go to college with or maybe even family members to give you advice about spiritual matters if they're not spiritual people they won't help. Here's wisdom. Here's truth. Here's power. Here's life. Amen. Amen.